Well, good evening, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, let's open in a word of prayer. Gracious God and Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here, and I ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like us to spend a few minutes this evening looking at the passage that was read from Jeremiah, and the passage about the call of Jeremiah to the ministry of prophecy. Now, we didn't read the first three verses of the chapter, and those three verses set the context for us. The time is the end of the 7th century B.C., the beginning of the 6th, and Jeremiah is ministering for 40-some years, and he's called during a very tumultuous time. In the ancient Near East, the power of Assyria is waning, and Babylon is coming to the ascendancy. And the king of Judah at this time, a king by the name of Josiah, is taking advantage of all the tumultuous chaos and instituting religious reforms. And it's into this situation that Jeremiah gets his call. Now, he was born into a priestly family, and the Lord calls him to be a prophet. And uh, the word comes to him, and the Lord assures him that he has formed him in the womb, and that before that he knew him. And the Hebrew word there that's used for knew is the same verb used to express marital intimacy. So it's expressing this great intimacy uh, that the Lord has with Jeremiah. And he says that before he was even born, he set him apart and appointed him as a prophet to the nations. Now, Jeremiah has some misgivings about this call, and his response is one of dismay, and he gives two excuses. He says, I don't know how to speak, and I'm only a kid, okay? And um, the Lord doesn't deny either of those things. It's just that they're not the point. What's the point in arguing when God gives you a call? Because he's not bound by our weaknesses, okay? So he just reiterates to Jeremiah that he'll be with him and gives this ominous, um, I will rescue you. Well, I didn't know I needed deliverance is what Jeremiah is thinking. And, uh, and then in this symbolic gesture to assure Jeremiah that the Lord will give him what he needs to say, he touches his lips and, and says, I will put, uh, my, I put my, wor my words in your mouth. And he appoints him to do six things, uh, to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, and to build and to plant. So a two-to-one ratio there between judgment and restoration. And the rest of the book of Jeremiah, the longest in the Old Testament, chronicles the work and ministry of this prophet who many of us know as the weeping prophet. Now, Jeremiah's call, okay, it's, you know, we want to ask ourselves, what does it have to do with us today? Well, it certainly follows a pattern of other people who were called by God in the Old Testament to do something special. You may remember Moses in Exodus 3. He's tending sheep, and he sees this unburning bush, and the Lord calls him to this ministry of freeing the Israelites from the Egyptians. Or you may think of Judges chapter 6 where Gideon is hiding from the Midianites 
And an angel with a sense of humor says, Hail, mighty warrior, the Lord is raising you up to deliver uh, the, your people. Or Ezekiel 1 to 3, Ezekiel 2 gets this call from the Lord, and he's so stunned by what he has seen and heard that he sits silent for seven days. Now, I suspect that most of us have not received neon signs in Hebrew from the Lord telling us what he wants us to do. So, so what does the call of Jeremiah have to do for us? The New Testament certainly witnesses to the fact that as believers, we've been called. We've been chosen by God to do certain things. Uh, listen to some of these passages. John 15:16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. And of course, the context there is Jesus's discussion about himself being the vine and us being the branches. Listen to 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We're a chosen people. Or how about Ephesians 1, 3 to 4, where Paul opens his book to the Christians at Ephesus with this, what's in Greek, one long sentence that takes 14 verses. He's just so full of praise to the Lord. And he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in every, in the heavenly places with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he, what's the first spiritual blessing he gives? He chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So we've been chosen and we've been chosen in Christ. And I think we would undercut the importance of this passage in Jeremiah for us today if we jumped right to what it means to be called by God without thinking of Jesus' call. And, the, and what it means for us to be united uh, to him. Jesus, like Jeremiah, was called to be a prophet. And like Jeremiah, he had a message of both judgment and restoration. What's the first thing he says when the Gospel of Mark opens? The kingdom of God has come. And it's a two-edged sword. It's judgments for those who refuse to accept him, and yet it's restoration for those who, who come and believe in him. It's interesting, in, in, in uh, Matthew's Gospel, in chapter 16, when Jesus asks the disciples, who do men say that I am? And they answer, Jeremiah. Okay? So he had a very similar ministry to that of Jeremiah. But there's a rub. Okay? And the rub is that, yes, Jesus came and he proclaimed judgment. But unlike the proclamation of Jeremiah or Ezekiel or any of the other Old Testament prophets, with that proclamation of judgment, as we've been singing this evening, he also bore that judgment himself on the cross as the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So he proclaims judgment, but then he also suffers it and, and pays the price for our sin. Remember in John chapter 2, after Jesus cleanses the temple, he says to the rulers, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And they're indignant. It took how many years to build this? Well, 
After the resurrection, the disciples realized what he had been talking about. He had been talking about his body. Uprooted and torn from the cross, destroyed and overthrown in the grave. What Jeremiah had preached, the judgment to the nations, is what Jesus suffered on the cross. And now, through the Holy Spirit, the planting, and as you look in verse uh, 10 of Jeremiah, the building and planting. The building and planting is taking place as Jesus had in himself a resurrection life and body, which he now gives to us by virtue of our union with him. So that today the Holy Spirit is plucking up and pulling down the sin in our lives, but he's also building in us and he's also planting in us a desire for truth, a desire to live lives that are pleasing to the Lord. Grace has the last word. We today have a call. We've been chosen in Christ from before the foundations of the world. We've been chosen to be a holy people. We've been chosen to be a royal priesthood. And we've been chosen to spread that news of the grace of Jesus Christ. The judgment has been paid. Jesus has paid it all. All to him we owe. There's nothing in our hands that we can bring. Simply to his cross we cling. Now, that's a calling I want to follow. How about you? Let's pray. We thank you, Father, that Jesus paid it all, and all to him we owe. We thank you, Lord, that by the power of your spirit, Jesus is freeing us more and more and loosing from us everything that seeks to bind us and hinder us from having unreserved joy and delight in knowing and serving and trusting you. Thank you, Father, for what Jesus has done. Thank you that he came and proclaimed the news of the kingdom, and then he bore that judgment on the cross for our sins. And thank you that we now, by virtue of being united with him, have inherited everything that he has accomplished on the cross and can go out and proclaim that word of grace to a dying world. Give us, Lord, the grace, the faith, and the courage to do what you have called us to do. And thank you, Father, that in all our weaknesses, you are not hindered. And thank you that it's pretty much been your plan to use dubious people like us to spread your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.